Coming up here at Circle Debate Podcast, episode 52, as we're going to go ahead and discuss uh, giving our thoughts about this past weekend, Impact Rebellion. And of course, we're going to give our thoughts about the new belt collector, the Thanos of professional wrestling. I guess that's what they call them. And also, we're going to go ahead and give our recapping this past week, AEW Dynamite, Pro Wrestling News, and NXT, of course. It's going to be a two-part episode for episode 52. So don't go anywhere. As Circle Bay Podcast episode 52 starts right now. Welcome, everyone, to the Circle of Debate podcast, episode 52, 52. Wow, 52 episodes in, ladies and gentlemen. It's the host of Devious One, Ivan C, here with my family, La Familia. Familia D-Generation Wex, West West Of course, here with, he's the calluses of all calluses. <laughs> and I know he was so busy last week, he couldn't join us on the top five because he was getting everything ready for that previous uh, pay-per-view that happened. And... By God, he is so happy. So by God, by God, he is so happy. And that's right. That is Mr. MGC Matthew Don Calles, singer Calles, Steamboat. And also, <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something like next level consciousness, right? I'm saving oh. that. Are you saving? He's, he's, he's saving. Totally saving that. He is saving that for sure. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, this man needs an introduction because he is by God. A god of podcasting, ladies and gentlemen, here on Circle Debate. And that is because he is a multi-time recording artist, a graduate from Cal Dominguez Hills. He's also the 2018 World Karaoke Champion of Los Angeles. He also lives 1,977,000 miles from Winnipeg, Minnesota, Canada. He is... The master disaster, the king of sting, the man with the plan, money, Mike Lopez. If you start seeing people disappear, it's because Kenny Omega has gotten all the belts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all hail our master, Kenny Omega, collector of titles. Indeed, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. So let's go jump into that before we even recap with Dynamite. Let's jump out with giving our thoughts about uh, this past weekend Impact Rebellion, ladies and gentlemen. So we have two new debuts that showed up at Rebellion. We three new crowned world champions as well. We got a new X Division champion. We have a newly crowned Knockouts Women's Tag Team champion. And of course, a newly crowned Impact and TNA World Heavyweight champion. So let me go ahead and go with the Money Mike. What were your thoughts overall about the pay-per-view? And what, what would you grade it? Nobody can say now that Impact cannot deliver on pay-per-view. They did just that. They gave us a show from start to finish, really, that delivered on all accounts. Uh, you know, great matches, uh, great stories, you know, plots opened questions right more questions than answers right now and 
that's what you want in a wrestling promotion right now. And honestly, I feel I haven't been as excited for Impact in a long, long time. And whatever is happening with this whole AW, you know, connection, right? Uh, it, it's working because now I'm finding myself looking forward to the storylines in Impact as well because I've that bridge or forbidden door has been opened and now I can see on the other side things that interest me as well. Absolutely. Mr. Don Calle says you're the one that organizes this event, especially with the main event. So how, what were your thoughts about the pay-per-view overall? Now that Kenny has become the belt collector, now I have fully become i <laughs> become <laughs> i have completed my evolution my genesis my my when you come out of the cocoon now i am fully don callus <laughs> and like i said we're gonna take and we're gonna take and we're gonna take and we're gonna take some more and that's how much that's how what we're capable of we're, um, we don't make wrestling, we make history, you see. <laughs> it's like the voice was metamorphosizing to more and more to Don Callis as he yes. went along. Well, the metamorphosis he... is complete. You know, the so, like when these glasses came in, like they, I could, his memories and personality have absorbed into my body, you know, just purely. Now I'm completely Matt Callis. I and, can definitely tell that. You know what? When somebody becomes the belt, when as long as Kenny is the belt collector, I will be Matt Callis. You know, and and there's still what three more major titles Kenny still has to go for, and that's Roosh with the Ring of Honor title, that's Nick Aldis with the NWA Heavyweight title, and then of course you got Will Osprey with the IWGP World Heavyweight title, and then you've got. KG Mudo, this is the match I most want. KG Mudo with the GHC Pro Wrestling Noah title. And if you listen to one of my interviews, I compared young Kenny Omega, 12-year-old Kenny Omega, to KG Mudo. Just the way they move, you know, he's that, he's that good. And I saw it in his eyes from when he was an 11-year-old kid. It's been a plan 23 years <laughs> in the making. 23 now, years. Now, hold on a second, Mr. Matt. <laughs> I can I keep my straight face. Uh, now, hold on a second, Mr. Matt. What about the 24-7 championship? Is he going to go after our truth as well? Is that I think, part of the master I think, plan? I think he might be one of the first people to do the one pinky pin. So, you got the finger poke of doom. We're going to have the pinky poke of doom. Oh. So so devastating. And, and maybe you'll combine that with the DDT Super Heavy Metalweight Championship, which has the same rules as the 24-7 championship. It's basically the same belt. <laughs> but as yes, <laughs> of course, Rich Swan, he, he had a great match. You know, they they worked their magic. But in the end, you know, I, I thought it would be the, you know, I it's shame on me for having any type of doubt for the god of professional wrestling, Kenny Omega. <laughs> it just, <laughs> just to give our audio platform listeners who are listening, uh, Matt Callis is now officially Matt Callis since he transitioned by wearing the glasses that he finally been looking for, and he finally got them. And those yes. are the exact same glasses of what Don Callis uses. Don Callis' <laughs> actual glasses. Tune into the YouTube video if you want to see what they really look like. 
they and they while even you're make... there while you're there just subscribe subscribe leave a there comment and be part of next level consciousness Oof. you know you could see you know it's it's like they, these glasses make your voice a few tones lower and change <laughs> the way you talk completely absorbed into your body ha <laughs> ha one winged angel one winged angel one winged angel <laughs> and there you have it ladies and gentlemen matt callis has transitioned completely full transition and man by god by god he's getting ready but i'll be a dart in winnipeg canada <laughs> i i have to give it to you though yes and mike you're absolutely right impact did deliver from from the start to the finish all the matches in the card was incredible they were not disappointing at all they were all great and especially seeing uh, I was really happy for Josh Alexander becoming the exhibition champion. I was happy. That was a great opening match. The, the triple threat. The North. Awesome. The, you know, the North. I love it. I'm happy for Josh. And congratulations to you becoming an exhibition champion. And also wanted to congratulate also uh, Big Cass, now known as W. Morrissey, making his debut on Impact as well. Congratulations to him. You could tell that he was happy when he saw a smirk in his face when he showed up in the entrance. He was happy to be back on television, and I'm really happy for him, too. I'm yeah. glad he got his life around together, and now he's sober, and he's he's doing, you know, he's getting his life back together. So kudos to you for it's a been great a pretty debut. great. It's been a great month for Canada. Uh, absolutely. And then also want to give another shout out to Rachel Elling making her debut and winning the knockouts tag team champions along with Jordan Grace. Uh, Rachel Elling, who's been out, you know, not wrestling for almost a year because of her ACL injury, MCL injury, now returned back to the ring and she looked great. And I'm glad that she has an opening spot on Impact Wrestling. I'm glad. It's all we're waiting for is now Chelsea to show up, have a little trios between her, Deanna Perrazzo, and, you know, and, and Rachel. And there you go. That was supposed to be your NXT group, but then it happened. Then you know that's another story to talk about. But yes, absolutely. The other thing that I was happy to hear is that voice of of Marmorano. I was so happy to hear him. Mamma mia! Mamma mia! And it just and now he said it like one with angel, one with angel. Like he pulled it off. Who else would be better? He was all part of the plan as well. Who who better from New Japan? We, you got me from New Japan. You got Mauro Rinal from New Japan. And I have to give it to him too. It was a great combo between him, Dilo, and Matt Stryker. Yes, it was. Incredibly I, great. It's the missing ingredient. Yes, exactly. And I hope this kind of re-wakes, like relives, gives that, uh, just gives it that hope for, you know, Morano to op open his heart and say, you know what? I'll go with Impact only on pay-per-views. That's what I would do if I was Ronaldo, dude. Only on pay-per-view matches for Impact. Why not? You know, do that. I wish he could have a second opportunity. You know, change his mind. I know that. You know, this is not. This is no, no joke at all. This is serious. That I know he has the bipolarism, which definitely we take serious. But I'm hoping that he has a second thoughts, wants to come back and announce professional wrestling. I mean, I'm honestly, hoping. Honestly, I. He, his voice was awesome. And I don't say that often because I've been hearing Michael Cole for the past 20 years. <laughs> uh, but Mauro, awesome commentator, top-notch. Uh, I hope that giving him another place to do commentary in professional wrestling outside of WWE right now, uh, because we all know how WWE is sitting next to a 
an a-hole like JBL can really <laughs> sour you. I can only imagine. So going to Impact and, and doing that one match, you know, I hope that reinvigorates his desire to partake in commentating for pro wrestling. So hopefully, Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I'd, like, I'd like to share, I'm not the, you know, I don't know how you guys feel about Corey Graves, but I'm not really his biggest fan. And you know there was a whole was there there was a whole bullying thing going on between Morrow and Corey, wasn't that I think wasn't that kind of one of the reasons? That's another well? reason. But that was for SmackDown though. That was yeah. when he was in the main roster. Then when he went to NXT, it was a whole different story because I believe it. You know his mother passed away and he had to leave and he made a decision to you know just step step back. Uh, it was hard for him to be there on a weekly basis. Um, and it was difficult for him. I, I, I know Paul Levesque gave him that opportunity. Look, take time off. Uh, if you want to do his part-time, go ahead, you know. And I'm pretty sure they gave him that option. But I'm pretty sure Morrow was like, I need time to refocus on myself and make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm fighting this disease, you know, this bipolarism. And it's very understanding for him to, you know, to do take, take time off. You know, I'll say all my favorite uh, commentators are now outside of WWE. And now I kind of want to see Mauro Ronaldo on this team. This is my new dream team. Since, you know, Mike Tenay, he's super old now. I love him. I absolutely love him as a commentator. But I think this would be the most awesome team. Don Callis, uh, Don West, and Mauro Ronaldo. I should know. Marmorado, Excalibur. Is and that's like for sure Excalibur no, that's a good combination. Yes. Hell yeah, and Matt Striker. I would add Matt Striker to that mm. too. That will be an epic like trios commentating because I love Matt Striker too. Matt I love his commentary. Yeah, I agree. That's who would you go for, Mike? I I don't understand why people who give Striker crap. I I don't get it. I, I've no. seen in in comment boards or whatever uh, that people talk crap about him. But honestly, Striker he gives insight. To what's going on? And, Absolutely. You know, he he goes above and beyond the information. Given, Very technical. So. I yeah, love yeah that. I, I like that. He's like a younger Mike Tenay kind of. You know, he's yeah. a, if I'm not mistaken, he's younger than Mike Tenay because Mike Tenay is like he's almost like in his late seventies, almost or eighties. Yeah. Mike, Mike Tenay is a pretty is a definitely older gentleman, but yeah, who who are your guys, Mike? Um, let's see. So definitely Mauro Excalibur. Uh, and Paul White. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, He's still new. Uh, on, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and say, you know, I'm just going to say it. Jerry the King Lawler. Ooh, oh, yeah. Attitude oh, yeah. Era. He's legend. Yeah. He, yeah, just, just all, all the hilarious hilarious uh, quips that he comes up let's, with. Let's talk to Mr. Star himself and see if we could talk, uh, convince Jerry. You know, we might be able to, we might be able, we've got a mutual friend with Jerry the King Lawler now. Can you believe that, Mike? There you go. Let's, there, let's, I, yeah. let's see if we could reach him. Let's go to Nashville and Memphis, wrestling from Memphis. Shout out to you guys. Let's see. We'll buy, I'll buy him lunch. I'll buy him a bottle of bourbon. <laughs> oh, wow. And also don't forget to check out our match of the week, ladies and gentlemen, as uh, the, the director, he's not here today because other, you know, nothing bad, which is he had to take care of stuff. But yes, um, he did his match of the week, and he chose Championship from Wrestling from Memphis, Episode 9, which featured the main event, Boston Lane, and Van Delicious, Van Vicious. So make sure you watch that comment below. Now, hold on a second. Now, you mentioned the match of the week, which last week, I picked the, la the match of the week, and I was challenged by a certain wrestling guy. <laughs> and where are you, wrestling guy? 
Oh, you think you're you think you're big because you're hanging out with the Good Brothers tonight? Uh uh-uh. uh, you're not getting away that easily, sir. <laughs> uh, challenge opens right in here, right here. Circle of debate. Whenever you're ready, let's do it. <laughs> well, I like to see that. David is calling you out, so I know you're watching this or you're listening. The to gauntlet it. is thrown down. The gauntlet is here. That's right. I cannot wait. All right, gentlemen, let's jump into AEW Dynamite. Let's go some week. Go ahead and give our recap, our thoughts about it. Let's start with the opening match, which was a shocker to everyone. But at the end, it makes sense. So jump right on it. Brian Cage defeating Adam Hangman Page. Nobody expected this. Yes, I'm with you with Adam, Mike. But nobody expected it. The number one ranking in the singles division who could actually compete against Kenny Omega. By God, Kenny Omega. Excuse by me. God. Yeah, before I get yelled at by Matt Callis. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Um, what a match, though. Uh, very impressive on both sides. The psychology was great. Did not expect him to win. I mean, you know, did not expect Brian Cage to win at all. And now it looks, it seems, this is the biggest upset for Cage in his career in AEW. It's, you know, that's what I mean, in AEW. So this is the greatest, you know, win for him. We will have to see what will, what will happen. Will it be a trilogy? Will it be only just another rematch, one and one? Uh, where do you think they go from here, Mr. Matt Callis? Where is this going to go between this upset that Brian Cage defeated Adam Hangman Page? I said last week that I've been wanting to see both Kenny and Hangman against the bigger guys. I definitely think this match delivered, but I still wanted more. But if there's any other match, I, you could also uh, think spot-wise, psychology-wise, body language-wise that this is similar to in AEW is I'd say the first match of Cody versus Brody Lee just because of, you know, the size similarities and kind of like how the smaller guy has to sell for the bigger guy, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, you know, Cody, you know, despite all the push and the pull in his company and all the build-up and all the stardom, you know, at the end of the day, Brody Lee is still the bigger guy. At the end of the day, Brian Cage is still the bigger guy in terms of size and muscle. Mm-hmm. You know, I would like to see uh, Hangman get a little bit more, o- would have gotten some more offense on him. But it's just that Brian Cage was that prepared and he's that good, former Impact champion. Of course, he's new in AEW, but he definitely deserves that push. And, you know... And I and I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch right away. I just don't want him to lose that that uh, title defense. Him challenging, being able to challenge Kenny or Darby. Well, not Darby again because we've already seen that. To challenge Kenny again, or maybe Lance or any of the other big guys, either against the big guys or against Ken, other big guys or against Kenny. Because I like that difference. Because Kenny Hangman is a power guy. He he has power moves. Yeah, you know. So I wanted to see how that looked up against Brian Cage, and it was pretty cool. But I still, I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch sooner. You know, oh, definitely. Money, Mike. Do you agree with him? I am of the thought that let's keep these two away from each other. So the reason being is because it served this per- its purpose. That you know the 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 road to Hangman getting the title shot right now is put on hold. Let's hold off on that. You know, there's stories going on. Um, I, I, I'm guessing, oh, it's pretty obvious, right, that there's going to be another Moxley match with Omega. I feel like that's the road that they're going on. And 
I wouldn't want Hangman to be an afterthought in that or a third wheel in, in that picture. So let's hold off on it. Let's give Brian Cage a win. Meanwhile, Hangman still remains top two, you know, either number one or number two. He, he, he's not falling to number eight here, folks. You know, Brian Cage is a formidable opponent and very much deserving of that win. So I'm totally fine with that happening. In fact, I actually am glad that it happened because that elevates Brian much more, right? right. I a lot of people, myself included, thought that Brian Cage was going to lose. Yeah. But when that three count happened, I was pleasantly surprised. That was his finisher too, wasn't it? Yes, that was his finisher. Yeah. 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 So I mean, he's a powerful guy, and I want him to at least go the distance with Kenny. I want the I want his title shot with Kenny to at least go to a time limit draw, just to show like how great and powerful and because Brian Cage he's a talented guy. He's not yes. he's not just a a big muscle power guy. He's got oh. the flying moves. He's got the lucha libre moves and triple A. And Lucha Underground, he's got he's got an arsenal, and I want to see that full arsenal with Kenny, you know. And then in the future, you know, after he either wins or loses against Kenny, um, he, he could have that Matt rematch with Hangman much later on down the line. And then you know, then we could get the Kenny Hangman later on down the line as well. So, but sooner than later, because I I don't want Kenny to drop the title to Moxley. It's way too. It's both too soon for it. And you know it's not that interesting. I don't want you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see that happening a rematch. But I mean, we'll get we'll get into that later on in the segment. But in regards to this match, for it to be a rematch, I think they should wait on that. I don't think they should do it now. I'm with you, Mike. Think they this should uh, step back for Adam Page and figure it, figure something out with him. I don't know, like this storyline itself is so mixed because you have Dark Order, Team Taz, then you have Christian, then you have. You know, Hegman. It's like it's he's like four different stories in one. He's trying to figure out which one they're gonna go with. And this is the one thing about AEW they've been doing. You know, they've been always mixing four different plots in one. And you're trying to get an understanding of which one they're gonna go with. And it's like they're playing by ear. They're just gonna. They're pretty much going with it and testing it and see how it looks in the viewership and how it looks with the audience. You know the demographics, so it makes sense why they do these type of scenarios for and all at once. So it makes kind of sense to see which one they're gonna move forward with. So with this one, I would not go ahead and do a rematch yet. Save that for later. Have Hangman to get back on the rankings, fighting other matches. Have Cage increasing in the rankings because it's a big win. They should put him up in that at least top ten in the rankings or in the top you know five. At least to get him up there. He could be the next one to challenge. And this is maybe, maybe we might see a face turn on Brian Cage. But we have to wait and see because, I, I like I said, we don't know where this, these stories are developing to. So we'll find that out at all upcoming weeks to come. Now let's move on to, of course, your pro, your, your boy is the Young Bucks defeating the Los Saito brothers, Matt and Mike Saito. Great say, I can say, I'll, I'll get it off right off the bat. Great match. Uh, they're heels. I love it. But it, I'm not convinced still that it's too cheesy of, their, of the heels. 
it does bring back the Ring of Honor days and the New Japan days. New then, Japan Young Bucks, especially hiding under the ring. Yeah, hiding <laughs> under the ring type of style. It does kind of bring that, but it's just like, it's, we've seen that. The already. Forbidden Dior. <laughs> yeah, the Forbidden Dior. <laughs> and I mean, I like it by far, but it's still, I, I, my heart is open. You know, it's open, of course. I want to see where this, where this is going to. And then seeing SCU coming out, they're challenging, you know, Young Bucks for the belt, but now we're seeing that they're not. So it doesn't make any sense. Wait a minute. If they're the number one contenders, why are you having them facing a fatal four-way? That doesn't make any sense. for Bloody Yeah, that, that shouldn't happen. It should be right to that match right away. Yeah. You know? Unless they're saving it for May 12th. I mean, um, which it looks like they are. They're gonna, probably going to have SCU win that fatal four-way eliminator. And then for sure, they'll, on May 12th, they'll go ahead and face the Young Bucks. And then from there, it's a split. Which I didn't want to see, man. SCU, man, that's my favorite, man. SCU! You know, I wouldn't, mind, I wouldn't mind SCU picking <laughs> up the win and getting those titles. I think it might go the other way. Why the hell There's not? Christopher, Christopher Dagnan never got in the belt. It's only Scorpio and, and Kazarian. Yeah, they've so, been, like, what was it? Well, because of the Freebird rules, you know. Well, but they, didn't play, they didn't apply to that. They, they did it. I mean, if they, we haven't seen that as of yet. Because it hasn't Freebird been a trio. Rules. It's only been two by far pairs. Yeah, because yeah, Scorpio yeah. Sky is kind of out of the... He's now with Ethan Page, and they're doing their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Scorpio Sky is being a heel now, and, you know, they're doing they're doing the other thing. But, I, you know, they, I wouldn't mind them holding those titles a second time, and it would kind of, like, more firmly reestablish SCU just as, like, a great tag team. Because Kazarian's great solo, but, you know... I, I can't think of because of the baby faces, both baby faces heel singles. The whole singles division feels pretty stacked. To add Kazarian and Daniels to it would be kind of. Uh, yeah, you no, know, I'm with you. I'm with yeah, you. I don't. I, I feels like even with everybody coming over from Japan and, you know, and whatnot. I mean, what? Konosuke, you know, on, on uh, Elevation. I don't know if you guys talked about him or not. You, yeah. Kono. Konosuke from DDT Wrestling. Oh no, we did, we did, we mentioned. Yeah, this, we did. He's a, he's like he's like imagine Kota Ibushi, but with more finishers and younger. And you know he's he's almost like I wouldn't say he's not a copy of Kota, but there's a lot of guys of that flavor. Even yeah. Kaito Kiyomiya from from uh, Pro Wrestling Noah is also kind of similar to both of them, as well. There's some uh, the young, pretty, long-haired, you know, muscular, you know, Japanese like guy in his 20s you know and Konosuke you know guys like him coming into AEW kind of make it hard for guys like Kazarian Daniels to be singles yeah so. definitely but overall this tag match was great I love Matt side I love Matt side I mean he does a great job and just the those double team that he did on the Young Bucks man Woo. love it and his brother Mike too is very great Oh, that's you guys, the Saito brothers right there, Matt and Mike. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. Somebody, Mike. I'm, I'm Don Callis, though. Oh, so. Yeah, I know you're Matt Callis. But yeah, Mike Seidel. <laughs> Give your thoughts about that tag match. Namaste. I need a brother, Matt. <laughs> namaste. I need my older brother. <laughs> but we, we're Namaste brothers. We don't cry. We are at peace. Um, namaste. I'll, I'll talk about the SCU thing right off the bat. That I feel like they they kind of booked themselves in, in a corner here, and they said that the next time that they lose in a tag team bout, they split up. Right? Uh, I don't 
I, I choose to believe that they didn't think this through because you know, I'm, me personally, I did not see them in TNA and all that or wherever they've been. So I've only been used to seeing them as a tag team. It's hard for me to see them in singles competition. Yeah. Um, so, so there's that. So, and I really don't think they're going to win the tag titles. I feel that the Bucks storyline is, you know, barely beginning. All that, the heel turn just happened, you know, all that good stuff. So, so there's that. The match itself was fun to watch. Say what you will about the Bucks. They're always fun to watch for me. Uh, I always enjoy their matches. Um, I'll, I'm sure a lot of people have seen all these things before, but it's new to me. It's still real to me, damn it. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I enjoy it. I love it. It's great. Great TV. And along with myself, I'm pretty sure there's other people that have not seen this sort of thing from the Bucks. And I'm enjoying it so far as a new I got- viewer. I got an idea, Mike. It can't. It could not be a lose or a win. It could be because remember in wrestling, there's two other, three other options. There's a schmoz, there's a DQ, and there's a time limit draw. That's the kind of what, like you don't really get too many time limit draws in WWE, but here that's kind of the way out because it's not really a loss. So I think one of the other things is they could make it a time limit draw or one of the other two conclusions and kind of drag it out and be like. See- and and have a lot of near falls like wow they just barely won by the skin of their teeth and they they still have that win and then when they finally break up everybody's heart is broken and i think that's kind of what they might want to go like if i was booking it that's kind of what i would do is kind of make people you know almost like be on the edge of their seats i don't want them to break up i don't want them oh they broke up like three matches later like you know it's like this is such a like a you know a trigger warning for those but it's kind of like somebody's dying of a disease but they're given two more months to live mm. it's that kind of like distress that you're on like please live please live they get another month so you, be- so what you're saying is they're trying to go for the emotion itself they're trying to get people to feel something when they actually do split up that yeah i think they should do that instead of just split up next week or two weeks later there needs to be more you know distress and more need just everybody just to be really sad about that that split up you know because I, I mean we haven't seen them on tv for how many weeks it's been a, it's been a minute sure. exactly well, so, uh, well on, on tv yeah tnt but you can see them on yeah elevation elevation or dark. or dark yeah i mean i don't know what the direction they're going with this if they're gonna go ahead and split them up, I'm personally I'll be sad because I'm a big fan of SCU. I've been going to the events when they're when they're here, you know, and around the area, California area. Just don't do it so soon because it won't it's like gonna, it's you, gonna be a tear in my eye if they fucking split. It. Well, if they do no, if they do it next week, there's no tears just because because nobody cares. No, they're not doing do it, it too quickly. I don't know. Ugh, I don't know. I just hope not. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. But I know you were happy, Matt Callis, that your your boys won. Oh the- yes, <laughs> no more flaps, Dior <laughs> shoes, and oh. Versace jackets. <laughs> and of course, we saw a little little uh, Mortal Kombat little split <laughs> right in uh, <laughs> Johnny Jones, Cage. Johnny Cage move, right? <laughs> oh man! All right, then we have Orange Cassidy 
Shocker One defeating El Cero Miedo Pentagon Cero M. Great match, I can tell you that. Um, this really reminds me of the Bowen Park days because they always face like that. And there's always going back and forth. Cero, miedo, con su puta madre. I think Orange Cassidy, I want to see him against more Lucha Libre, um, against more Luchadors. And he's very familiar with that. I mean, we know his background yeah. from Chicago. Red Ant. Yeah, Red Ant, exactly. Um, he's very familiar for that. Uh, uh, then obviously, what we saw getting Alex there. Uh, I'm liking it so far. I, I, you know, I'm liking him coming out with. Uh, yes, I know that like your heart is open, Mike. So I want to hear your thoughts about this match. But were you surprised that Orange Cassidy picked up the win? And where do you see this now going next after that? I kind of expected it. I expected Cassidy to win because Penta won last week. He 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 beat Trent. Trent. Uh, so you know he he won that one. I feel the, it was it's fine, right? He can recover from this. Um, this Alex guy is total heel. He looks the part, heel, right? Like all that. Yeah, there. <laughs> the <face. laughs> that, that, audio listeners, I'm putting pushing my chin out and my nose out just to make it look kind of like <laughs> just, just like Alex. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, I enjoyed the match. The match was entertaining. It, it, these two styles, right? These two characters. And, and that's what it comes down to. You know, you have a mixture here of having great characters uh, in the story and great wrestling along with it, right? Uh, the package here. It just, in a nice bow tie, here you go. Enjoy, right? It, this match was... And I enjoyed it from start to finish. I'm a Penta guy. And honestly, I'm a, an Orange Cassidy guy too. So win-win, right? Exactly. So <laughs> I'm giving the thumbs up there. Uh, so yeah, no complaints here. Awesome. Matt Callis. Now I got to say, the, that's a really good match of styles. I got to say, I got to say... Orange Cassidy has a lot, a great arsenal of hard-hitting moves. And I've made this comparison before. Orange Cassidy is the Tetsuya Naito of the United States, yes. of North America. Yes. And to see him against Lucha Libre is, is kind of that coming full circle. You know what? I'll say this. This is the next bit. Other than Keiji Muto and Kenny Omega or I guess Naito and Samoa Joe or Samoa Joe and Kenny, Orange Cassidy and Tetsuya Naito is the match that I most want to see in AEW. Probably I want to see Toru, Toru Yano and Orange Cassidy. That's what I want to see. That's the comedy part of it. Yeah, like, yeah, why not? Great. This is, it'll, be, great. it'll be something that'll be cool. It'll be cool. Why not? Toru Yano. Yeah. That, that will be cool. But not, Naito and Cassidy, that's like, they're both laid back guys. The people love them. And especially once the crowd comes back, everybody's going to be, you know, freshly squeezed tranquilo, like ah, all in one. Tranquilo, tranquilo. Tranquilo, freshly squeezed, all, uh, all in one. Lanha, ranha, you know? Uh -huh, yeah. Uh -huh. Definitely, definitely. Let's move on with the segment with the pinnacle, pinnacle, the pinnacle, damn it. That's what the inner circle segment, the uh, parlay. Did see, I guess, uh, Sammy Garrard said, you know what? Screw it. Screw the parlay. I'll go in first. I'll take you guys on. I'll, I'll beat you guys up two on one, three on one, whatever. Any any kind of a match it was. And then 
getting on Sean Spears about his career, man, I was waiting for him to say something about 10. Like, oh, yeah, well, you couldn't even – I was hoping for him to bash on him on his 10 gimmick, but he didn't. All he said, he just failed. That's it. Um, then we hear Jericho at the end, of course, you know, that you have to kill us in order to get the crown. And great promo from Jericho, but I can, I'm not going to say it was one of the best promos. No. I'm not going to be like – I'm excuse me, I'm not trying to say their names. But <laughs> they were like glorifying it. Like, oh, my God, one of the best promos. No, it wasn't. It was great. Great buildup. We'll see them in Cinco de Mayo. We'll see how that's going to work out. So I'll go back to you, Sangre Matt. Sangre por... Sangre por... Que, que, um, you uh, said it earlier. Uh, Sangre y tripas. Sangre y tripas. Like, they, they really... It's on Cinco de Mayo. They should... And there's a lot of Latino wrestlers on AEW. So, you know... In that match. In that match. In that match. They should have it at least written on one of the aprons. If you're doing it on Cinco de Mayo, that's what you gotta do. You know? You know? But, um... I got to say that that Chris Jericho whenever he's angry I I think that really brings out the best in him and uh, and feeling passionate like the anger that he was throwing I think anytime Jericho's angry he could get a good promo out of him especially if he's screaming like that you know you know I yeah I wouldn't say the best but you know I got I you definitely get the best of Jericho or like the best version of him when you get him in that state of mind, he's kind of tapping into that whole, and and he was doing so he, he, a wordsmith kind of ways with the words. Yeah. So I guess I mean the post match promo is also going to be good. You know, once he has got the blood and bandages after, whatever it may be, either the despair of loss or the glory of victory, you know it's going to be good because Jericho's that damn good. Are you stealing from Triple H there? Matt? Yeah, I was just waiting for him. Like, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, I'm de I definitely that, am. That oh, I damn good. Get that, the game. Uh, you're gonna the get that game. Cease and desist in a bit. <laughs> oh shit! Right. And sledgehammer. <laughs> um, I mean, at least he puts heavy metal back on uh, yeah, network yeah. television. Yes, <laughs> I I definitely agree on that part. Um, on, on, in terms of the Sammy part of it. I, I feel like it was a missed opportunity mm. in, in, in the way that he he said, oh, you know, it doesn't matter if it's one-on-one -on -one or two-on-one, three-on-one. In the end, they're all going to dial 911. I feel like he's going <laughs> to say that. <laughs> Shout out to Chael Sonnen for that one. Hell yeah. I would have wanted to hear that. And I thought that was, that was what he was going to say. But anywho, uh, minor detail there. Uh, overall, If you don't I know like him out the match, you better call 411. <laughs> wow, there you go i like that um overall i feel like this was this was a master class in promos and not just not just having one guy and, and one guy doing promos this is a group and another group doing promos against each other i feel like this was a, a really good example of how to do that uh if any masterful praise is given i feel like it's on in that regard because honestly in, in my humble opinion nothing or so far nothing so far has beaten chris jericho's debut in wwf that promo is legendary that to me is my favorite top jericho promo uh i, I every once in a while i put it on youtube so that for me is the top one right so our uncle 
it's not necessarily correct that, that this was the best or whatever. No. Um, so yeah, so there's that. And it, it got me hyped. It did what it needed to do. It hyped me up for, for sangre y tripas. Right? Tripas. <laughs> yes. Hasta las tripas ya me están moviendo por, por, es, por este match. Exactly. Cinco de mayo. Cinco de mayo. On Cinco de mayo. Oh, my God. Yes. Looking forward to it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you caught me off guard that one. <laughs> just got me off guard that one. And that we're partly oh. in Espanol. So sí, of here. course. Sí. I mean, of course, it's going to be nothing You're in but... SoCal. Here in SoCal and there in Florida. Yes. For, our, for our Cubanos and Boricanos, Puerto Rico, you know. Yes. In Deutschland. Ich spreche in Deutsch, Deutsch kleine, uh, und Blood and Guts. I don't know how to say that in German. But yes. <laughs> in any language. I, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. And yes, it is hot here in Southern California. That's what we're nice refreshment drink here, ladies and gentlemen. Also to our audio platform listeners. Salud. I don't know if you guys saw me wearing like five t-shirts and two ja a jacket and a sweater on one of our other shows. Yes, so. I don't know how, but he's that's that's my callus for you. He's layers cold, on layers. He's that cold blooded. Cold blooded. Cold blooded. <laughs> <laughs> five fingers to the face. That's right. <laughs> and speaking of that, that's when we had Kenny O. By God, Omega coming. By on. God. Well, we see, you know, prior to that, we'd see. Kenny calling out Kingston. Okay, you. I think was it his check that he was talking about? Is that what it was? Because I, I missed that part. I don't know if uh, something about Eddie Kingston asking for a check, right? Is that what it was? What was Wait, it? Sorry, before before we move on, nobody caught this. I caught it. Okay. Going back to the Jericho thing, the Jericho room. I, for, I completely forgot that we that we that not. I didn't say this. So Jericho mentioned. Saudi Arabia. He oh, mentioned the incident he, that he said that even when we were about to get assassinated by Saudi Arabia, he had my back. So that kind of goes to show, or yeah, I mean, at least this is how I'm taking it, that there was more that went on, more deadly stuff that was probably going to happen on that night. So I'll leave that there. Internet oh, yeah, yeah. I, I know, yeah. That was when, before Hager left, he was there. He was, yeah, that was 2012. Mm -hmm. I think that was like the first times that they started going to Saudi Arabia. I think it was the first one. Uh, so, yeah, this is a long time ago. Yeah, okay. But, he, but yeah, but I'm moving on with that. With the Kenny Omega, then I don't know what he, what we're seeing in the limo part. I don't know about the check part. I, I, I miscaught that. So I apologize, gentlemen. But all we, all we know is that he sent, you know, Michael Nakazawa versus Eddie Kingston, and then the match never happened. Kingston beating up Nakazawa. Kenny called out Brandon Cutler to come get his other goon. Moxie come out. And then we see them attacking Omega. Moxie choking him out. And, of course, they were going to put him, smash his, you know, his ankle. Donk, and then you, Matt Callis, like, no. Eddie, I'll do anything you want. I'll do anything you want. What, what would you want? I want a tag match between you, between your boy and his uh, sidekick over there for next Nakazawa. week. Nakazawa. Nakazawa. Uh, I'm going to say my part about it right now. Kenny Omega did not sell it. It was not a great sell. I'm telling you that right now. If you go back and look at that segment, it was a horrible sell. How the fuck are you going to say, how, okay, how are you going to just lay down with a chair and just like, uh, uh, this wasn't enough sell for me that, that Omega was like, oh my God, like, yeah, no, it wasn't. Even the Moxie said, okay, you choked him out, he fell. 
it for me wasn't enough sell. I mean, I wish it could have gone more drastically selling, but it wasn't. Or a better beatdown. I don't think that maybe, was the maybe best Eddie, beatdown for me. Eddie just had to stay on him more. Like, yeah, really, like, if Moxley would tight. Exactly. Have, yeah. Maybe have his, like, his, his hand on his throat or something. Exactly. But this didn't you know? seem that way. It just, it was like too, like, what is this? I mean, like, how can your world champion look this way? That's how I see it in my, you know, as a fan, you know? And why would you see, why would you do this? I kind of want the I want the Eddie Kingston Kenny match like well, sooner than later. Well, that's I what I was that's what my, we're heading towards. Exactly because Mike mentioned earlier we're gonna see another Mox. No, it's gonna be Kingston and Omega. That's gonna and be I'll, the one. I'm for happy sure. for that because I love the differences between those two. Yes, I, I was actually pointing this out when we were hinting at that match like later on down the line, and I'm kind of glad that like Kingston was like, I didn't play video games growing up. I had nothing, and no, no, no. And it's like, well, it's like I'm, you know. I'm fabulous, you know, Kenny. I've got all the belts. Like, what you got, you know? <laughs> I know. I mean, but but do you agree with me, though, Matt? Like, I don't know. It just this didn't seem to me enough sell of what Omega and, like, how Omega sold it. It wasn't enough beatdown for me, in my opinion. I mean, mm. you can go back and look at it again. Look at it closely. He wasn't even trying to, like, escape. It was just like, I'm right there. I doesn't – I don't know. That's the only thing that I was really, like, What? But I mean, but that's me, and you know, I'm digressing about how I would have done things differently yeah. if I was the writer of it. But you know, I don't know how you feel about that, Matt. You tell me. In in Kenny in the suit, he's kind of supposed to be in that kind of Ric Flair role, wearing like the nice suits and the belts and everything like that. So, you know, I yeah, Eddie Eddie just had to be on him more. That's like the only thing, you know, and and. You know, I it's a pre-segment. I kind of wish the Nakazawa-Eddie Kingston match kind of would go, like, there would be a pin and a referee, like, and at least, like, it would have been kind of funny to have Nakazawa bring, bust out the oil again. <laughs> it's like, the hell is this? And then Eddie Kingston's like, the hell is this? The sesame oil all over me? Mm-hmm. What am I? A fr- what am I? A fish and chips? Like, with all this oil? <laughs> like, I ain't a... I ain't a Long John Silver fried platter, like, covering all this oil. <laughs> I'm not a fried Oreo cookie. I ain't a deep-fried Twinkie trying to cover me in oil, Nakazawa. Matt, Matt, oh my gosh, you're making me hungry right now, dude. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Hey, what do you think, what do you think oil is used? I'll tell you what. What do you think that oil is used for? <laughs> He's trying to deep-fry Eddie Kingston. So you're hungry for Eddie Kingston, deep fried? Uh, I'm more of a Nakazawa guy when it comes deep to fried, that. Deep fried Nakazawa. You know, that that's what they'll be sharing at like at the AEW uh, c- carnival will be deep fried Eddie Kingston's and Nakazawa's waffles or some kind of fritters. What are you? Uh, money, Mike. Um, so I've said before, and I guess it's a hot take that Omega has not convinced me as being Thanos, right? He has, I don't know, when I think Thanos, I think someone like Karrion Cross, you know, menacing and and tough and, you know, like he could, you wouldn't want that guy, uh, you know, in a fight in a bar. Omega seems almost comical to me. I mean... I'm not, I'm, and I'm not talking about in-ring skill. The guy can bring it like nobody else can. Personality, but personality-wise, yeah. on the microphone, uh, I don't know if I'm the only one that thinks this, 
but he almost seems kind of comical and, and just lying there uh did not help and uh, i'd say it's this is mike it's probably closer to like chris jericho when he was undisputed champion because that wasn't really medicine either you know it's more just okay. arrogant that's kind of what yeah. he's going for maybe. I, okay i could see that um uh, yeah i could if, if you put it in that way you, i could see that but then again that title reign was not the mm. best title reign either and mm. uh, I'll, I'll say this that i honestly feel like it was a missed opportunity here i don't know how rich swan and aw how they're working things out or if he could go to dynamite i honestly feel that in order to move forward the story of impact and aw omega needed to have a celebration right off the bat I know he had one on uh, the latest uh, Impact episode, right? Uh, but I honestly feel like it should have happened the first thing we see. First thing, right away, celebration. If not, the celebration that's too big for one night, both Wednesday and Thursday. Heal. That's the total heal thing to do. Uh, you know, bigger, you know, you celebrate yourself for two nights straight. Total heal move. I feel like that should have happened, and I feel that Rich Swan should have shown up on Dynamite, uh, and him and Moxley beat the crap out of or whatever Omega, and go on from there and make tag matches off of that. Mm. Uh, so that's my booking, and I, that's how I would have done it. Uh, yeah, and, and and that's and that's all I got to say about that. That's right. I don't. Yeah, I was just more like I. I just didn't get the segment part. That's why I was just like. It looked too cheesy to me. That's all how I felt about it. That's bad for your world champion. I mean, that that's how I see it. I think it could have yeah. been better. Better delivery, you know, especially. But, you know, we'll see next week. Now they're going to have that tag match, and we'll see how that's going to deliver on Blood and Guts. Now let's move on with Chris Statlander versus Penelope Ford. Good match on both sides, and I'm glad these two women are getting the TV time they're deserving to get. As we've been noticing as of late, that a lot of the women matches in AEW has been given more than five minutes. It's been at least like at least 10 minute match or 11 minutes by far, um, which I'm happy for them. They're getting that TV time that they deserve because right now you do need that in AEW to develop your women in, in AEW, especially the, the roster that not compared to NXT, but you need to get to that par of where they at as with the NXT women's roster. Uh, so yes, Statlander pick up the win. Uh, not the greatest win for me, I was just like, ah, it was a little bit botches there, but it was okay. Other than that, it was a decent match. It was okay. So I'll go, I'll take it back to you, Money Mike. Your thoughts about that match. And now that this story is over between them, because this storyline should be over by them. She came back and then that's it. Now, what's next for Statlander? And what's next for, for Penelope Ford? Let's see. That's a that's kind of a tough one to be honest. Mm. Uh, you know, I, my mind goes right to the title picture when it comes to the women's division there, um, and I would like to see more long term storylines between the women there. Uh, when when Chris Statlander came came back, she came out of the arcade thing right and pushed the glass and you know uh, attacked Penelope Ford. I honestly don't remember how they clashed to begin with. I don't remember where, where that started. So I feel that that was kind of a because of a lack of storyline leading up to that return. 
right? So I, I would like to see more going on in between the women, more, you know. Uh, as for who's next, Statlander could go against, uh, let's say, Nyla Rose. What's she been doing lately, right? You know, I, I feel like that could be something that happens. Uh, Penelope Ford could go against Thunder Rosa, you know. Uh, mix it up, change your partners, and you know, yeah, all that good stuff. So, there you go. Yeah, do you agree with that, Matt Callis? And we got, and we still got the girls from Japan. We got Ryo Mizunami still there, dropping those guillotine leg drops. We got, we got a lot of people in the mix, you know, and, and more uh, female talent to to mix up in that in that combat. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they should do at this point. I wouldn't mind seeing another tournament, um, something different. Uh, it's just it's hard because it's to get these women involved and in, in how much it's just where to put them. Where are you gonna put them at to to, to feel with? You know, it's it's tough because we don't. It, it, I don't know. It's just really tough. And then with Jade, I don't I don't know either what's next for her. Okay, done with with Red Velvet. Unless she's going after the next Nightmare Factory member. I mean, she's not official, but uh, Kylie, you know, Kylie Clean or Kaylee Clean. Uh, my apologies, can't pronounce her name, but she could be the next one to feud with Jade Cargill or have sat under Cargill. Something, something different, something fresh. I mean, I don't know what they're doing. The same with Nyla Rose. We don't know what was what what else is going on. I mean, they're not building any stories as of yet. So I'm hoping that. After Blood and Guts, they find something for them to develop a story for all of the women in the roster. That's how I feel. I mean, I, I'm hoping that, that that you know happens, and then we're able to see what's you know what's the plot they're gonna happen, and hopefully we can enjoy it. I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping. So you know, I gotta say, I've recently gotten more into Rebel or Reba. Reba, Reba, <laughs> yeah. not Rebel. Reba, Reba, not Rebel. Or Rebel, Rebel, not Reba. Reba. <laughs> You know, I watch I watch some of her old matches, and she's she's pretty cool. Oh yeah, and yeah. I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind seeing more of her in in action because she had that le that broken leg angle and everything. But I want I definitely love to see more of her in singles action because I saw how she worked in TNA, and she's really cool in the ring. She's she's I think she's ex cheerleader, so she has that whole like you know athletic abilities, acrobatics, and all that. So. Mm, I would definitely. I would very much like to see that as well. I'll oh, say that. There, there you go. <laughs> then we have the factory defeating the nightmare factory. And then after the aftermath, the brawl takes out. And then we see obviously QT running away from the brawl, going to the express bus. First of all, they showed up in express bus, which I forgot to mention. The nightmare express bus, they showed up. Um, then the aftermath when QT went back, then Cody came out of nowhere. Beating up QT, taking him on top of the, of the rooftop of the express bus, giving him the figure four, which uh, I don't know why the ref, ref Osby was up there anyway. So what are you doing up there? Uh, wasn't a match, <laughs> but I get it. You were trying to stop it. Um, it looks like, yeah, they, they announced next week for Blood and Guts, Cinco de Mayo, Cody versus QT. Oh, last week's episode was the most hilarious because of the fact that Mike literally just said, my heart is closed the first day for this segment is closed. It looks like I'm heading to that direction. I mean, I'm hoping they close that next week and move on because this is, I don't, not, not a fan. Sorry. I'm not a fan at all. 
So, I mean, I'll go to you, Money Mike. Do you agree? Is your well, heart agree. fully is your heart fully closed now? You know what? My heart is closed 99.99 <laughs> and three quarters point five percent and i don't know i just can't get into qt marshall i just he, he i don't know whether it's his look or something or whatever uh i just can't get into the storylines that he's in he seems like just filler to me um hopefully that changes and hopefully he's able to you know, open up, open up that corazón. <laughs> open the right? corazón up. Open that heart. Yeah. You know, that lock heart, heart, man. Just open it up. <laughs> yeah. So it's it just, we're, I don't know. The, the whole build up to this has been lackluster to me. And uh, the, the bra didn't make me feel anything. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's whatever's, they'll have the match blood and guts. And hopefully they're able to see that this is not really hidden. Because I'm sure I'm not the only one that, that feels this way, mm. you know, in America. So, <laughs> you know, hopefully they do something else. Yeah. Matt Callis, do you agree with that? It's the factory, you know, of course, Cody seems like the natural enemy. And hopefully they finish it off soon. But I, it seems really soon for them to just do away with the factory. Because it's not like, you know... What was it? What was the other? It was like the Nightmare Collective that they that they just eighty sixed, right? Oh away. my God! Yes, right. When it was Brand, uh, Brandy and then uh, Nyla Rose. Because no, 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 not was it Nyla, right? Or no, Awesome Kong, Awesome Kong, or it was Awesome one? Kong, Brandy, and some girl who shaved her head. Oh yeah, so. right. <laughs> was that Serena Deeb? No, it was, oh, okay. it was somebody else. No, Serena but, Deeb was the other one. My bad for CM Punk. I forgot. It was somebody that shaved their head, though. Yeah. So it was. <laughs> it was somebody that shaved their head, and um, it seems like they've built up all the guys in the factory too much to to just completely eighty six it. Because like a lot of the guys in the group are pretty cool, you know. Anthony Agogo, I want to see more of him, you know, just because just because we've got bo a boxer. Like anytime they bring a shoot guy into the formula, it's interesting. You know, I wouldn't mind him just running rough shot or maybe just him, maybe switching off from maybe QT to a go because because a go go is definitely stronger than QT or or like as a shoot or Cody. So maybe he knocks out Cody and like maybe like Cody beats QT, but a go go, you know, beats Cody. And maybe I wouldn't mind a go go taking over because he's like the strongest shoot guy in that group. I got to say, yeah, no. And he and he's a good talker because he was he's commentary on AEW Dark, yeah. so he's a good trash talker. He's got the British accent, so you get a little bit of that Cagney, and he I think he'll appeal to the British fans like bloody hell, oh whoop your ass, mate, <laughs> like <laughs> that whole that whole thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I, I guess it makes sense. I'm hoping that Cody beats QT and QT was like send send a go go like you're my you're my protege, now get him. And a Gogo takes out Cody, so yeah. Then that could be maybe the direction they're heading to, because you know Cody go bye bye, and then you know he's gonna be a father pretty soon, and then I don't know what they're gonna what's the direction they're gonna what's the other direction they're gonna go with the Nightmare Factor is gonna put someone else in like Cody's replacement or I don't know. Yeah, it, I like a, I, I like a Gogo better as the leader. Yeah, I think what is this this kind of a, 
fuck, man. I don't know this. I can't. Hell no. I'm not going to compare it to what I was going to say. Never mind. I'll bite my tongue for that. I'm not going to say it because I'll be giving shit if I say it right now. <laughs> uh, but I'm not going to say it. But, yeah, I mean, I don't mind a go-go being that secret weapon and him taking out Cody. Cody takes out QT, and then QT sends Gogo. Gogo takes out Cody. Then Cody comes back, gets his revenge, take out the whole factory, and then that's it. That could be what's they might go down the line and have them dominate Elevation and Dark. <laughs> Sorry to say it that way. I'm, I, I, I don't know. I'm just not. My heart is like Mike's right now. That is like, like a lock heart right now, just kind of closing. Like I, I just can't. Closed heart. Yeah, closed heart. <laughs> Post heart surgery. <laughs> right here. And speaking of closed heart, it's already this this heart is closed completely. We saw Miro beating the shit out of Kip Saban on backstage. That chapter is over, which we've been stating for the last previous episode on archives. <laughs> That's right, Mike. So yep, it's closed and now reopened. Oh, a- it's more than reopening. That's freaking. It's unleashed. <laughs> unleashed, man. That's right. And Miro, you know, beating the shit out of Kip Saban, and that's it. Good talk. But Kip, uh, that's another – here's another one that I am not impressed with the uh, selling. If you mm-hmm. look look at that, how Kip sell his arm, he didn't go – he was just like, oh, oh, instead of just, ah, oh, 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 going crazy. Like, what about hey, it was how, broken? How, how should she have done it? Oh, there you oh, go. Oh, oh, just like all you know, <laughs> like you know, roll around saying, "Oh my God, you fractured my arm." You know, none of that. He was just looking at it like, oh, oh, not even like, not a real sale. Yeah. I, it wasn't for me. I mean, that's the only thing I would digress about Kip Saban. But I'm happy that Kip is. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Miro is done with Kip Saban. But the biggest cue is who. It's next. Not go, not Goldberg. No pun intended. <laughs> not Goldberg. <laughs> I hope not. Comes so, in there on a wheelchair. Like, <laughs> oh my god, no. no he is a friend no. of Tony Khan, so no, I know. What I, say. Yeah, I know. Right, knock on wood. Wait, <laughs> what? On wood. Yeah, he actually he, knows. So, yeah, so He's, Tony yeah, Khan Tony actually knows Goldberg. Yeah, they're good friends. They're oh, good yeah. friends. So yeah, go, go ahead, Money Mike. Okay, I, I'm gonna wish away that. That's right there. <laughs> shoot, shoot. Goodness gracious, no. Uh, um, you know, and, and honestly, you know, Gold, Goldberg, no offense or anything, but, you know, it's time. It's, it's 2021 now, not 1996. Wheelchair anyway. match. Ah. <laughs> Spirits of the wheelchair. Pair of wheels. Pair of wheels. Let's see. What were we talking about? Miro, Miro. Miro. Oh, thank goodness. Okay, Miro, my goodness, it's about freaking time. Yes, um, hopefully Kip is able to game, right, with his arm still, but that's beside the point. Um, that, this is what we need. We need the, 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 the brute, right, the Bulgarian brute to come back and then start wrecking people and, and destroying things and coming out in tanks. Tony Khan, make it happen. <laughs> Bring the tank back, because that's what I really like from his entrance in WrestleMania. Uh, yes, man. Um, who? Who, 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 who? Right? Uh, who's next? Who is he going to go after? He did warn 
people with titles, and I'm pretty sure it's not going to be Hikaru Shida he's going after. So <laughs> who's it going to be? Uh, is it Darby or is it um, Kenny Omega? Odds are it's going to be Darby Allen, And I feel like at some point after a title defense, he's just going to come out and just wail on him and declare his challenge. Uh, but what I'm kind of thinking about right now is that there, it's kind of overcrowded in that Darby TNT title picture. We, we've got uh, Sting in there, you know, obviously helping him out. We've got uh, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page attacking him. We've got uh, uh, everybody, uh, you know, popping up during his segments or during his matches nowadays. That Lance Archer, you know? Uh, so it could go any different ways. And where where would Miro fit in all of that going on, right? Uh, hopefully, I, I I'll say this: if if he, if Miro if we get Miro and Darby, Miro has to win. He has to. There is no way that Darby can win that because mm. all of this that we've been looking forward to for Miro to come to AEW to be different from what he was in WWE will go will be for nothing if he loses that title shot in my opinion mm. he has to win it he has to raise that gold and especially right now declaring that that's what he wants yeah, he wants that brass ring damn it he wants, he wants it he's got to get that title ah there you go mr callis do you agree with that yeah, it seems about right. It would legitimize because Miro Miro's a great single star, and he needs something to, like legitimize. And we, I want to see all those cool martial arts moves that he does, rather than just like some blonde guy complaining about everything. You know, <laughs> <laughs> some blonde guy complaining about the like you know orange pasty. I think him and Darby would be a cool rivalry, especially you know the martial arts and whatnot. And maybe it would be cool if Darby learns a little bit, a few, a little bit of martial arts himself. You know, they could learn it from each other and do some kick exchange spots or something. Because I like see, like that. That's there, here's something to keep in mind in in both wrestling and martial arts. That Jet Li is a small guy and he's a one man wrecking machine, as you know, shown in movies. So when you give a smaller guy all these great martial arts skills, they they gain the ability to take down big guys so i'm you know if you're listening tony Khan, if you're listening darby allen you know i gotta get out that phone again maybe not a martial arts gimmick but i mean it would be cool to add those moves to your arsenal rather than just kind of like you know those kit have like a cool spinning back kick that darby can do because you know you don't have to be big to do a spinning back kick you got to be big to do power bombs and suplexes but you know that's that will be cool to add to the arsenal stuff like that. Mm, okay, I mean we'll see we'll see what uh, Miro does with that brass ring if he gets it. But what would I would like to see him in Archer? Oh, that'd be something. That'll be a hell of a fucking slob. That'll be a slobber knocker right there. That's for sure. Slobber knocker. Mm-hmm. Next level consciousness. Next, yeah, exactly. Next level next consciousness. Level consciousness. And let's go with the main event of the evening for AEW, the TNT World Championship on the line as Darby Allen retains, defeating, you know, Vance Prince, number 10, the Dark Order, Dark Order for sure. Good match. Uh, again, again, I've been, I'm, I'm going to keep on saying it until he loses the title. 
like I said, I'm, I'm my apologies to the fans that are Darby Allens. And I'm a, like I said, I'm a Darby Allen fan too. But by far, the only change that I've been seeing back to back as of recent yet, he's getting a little aggressive now. He's now becoming not of your typical baby face, not going for, he's becoming that aggressive, uh, per, you know, aggressive opponent, like messing with your, you know, messing with the eyes, breaking the eyes or something. He did it to Jungle Boy last week and then he did it down to, you know, to tip number 10. So I like that aggressive, that ruthless aggression that he's taking out little by little. But he needs, I need more of that. I need him to do it more. Let's build this arsenal. He needs to build it. Yeah, exactly. How you mentioned earlier, to build that arsenal, absolutely, he should focus on that. I don't mind him going heel either. Imagine him and his sting go heel. Fuck it. I don't care. I love yeah, small, that. Small guy heels are pretty interesting. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely 100% with you on that. I, I would not be mad about that at all. Yeah, um, that if he's a heel, he has a way to beat Miro. He could bring he could bring brass knuckles. He could bring you know, like Sting could throw him brass knuckles. Sting could you know give him a fireball. You know he could hit him backstage with a baseball bat. Yeah, you know <laughs> definitely. Then we see the aftermath of the match. We did see Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky got involved beating Sting and Darby. We see Lance coming out, uh, making the save along with Ten. I mean, I don't know where this. I don't know what. Ethan and Scorpio is involved in this. I don't know where they're going with this, but I have my hunch, and I'm going to say it right now before I forget, so I'm sitting here first. One thing can happen. It's going to end up being a triple threat match. Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, Darby for the TNT. It's going to happen. I That could be a possibility. It might go to that route because if they're trying to both, they both want that brass ring belt. Eventually, they're going to have to fight each other. Right? I, I, I'm supposed to win it. it then give me a reason why they're targeting Darby in the first place. Now, it doesn't, you know, you tell, I, correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. I, it could happen, yes. But the vibe that I'm getting is that Ethan Page is helping Scorpio Sky. He seems more like the, I, w I don't want to say sidekick, but he's helping his friend out. Because his friend has beef with Darby Allen. Mm, okay. That's I mean, the way I see it. It could be. I just, I don't know. I. It won't make no sense. You, you're barely coming in, and, and you're barely coming in. Of course you want to get one of the title shots. Why would you want to help another person? I don't know. That's kind of like, uh... Or it maybe might be like an agreement where, you know, first we take him down, and then I'll face you as, you know, I'll get first dibs. Yeah, it could be that, or they play the free, uh, Freebird rule, and it's all oh, we could be co-champions type of, type of thing. I mean, but it doesn't make any sense for them to do that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where they're going. Where they're going with this? And then when Lance, we've been saying it in a, for a, quite some time already that Lance eventually, I think he's going to be the one that's going to go heel and challenge Darby and win that TNT. But I think he will have to beat these two individuals first. Uh, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky in order to get to Darby Allen. I don't know. I don't know where it's going with this. So I mean, go ahead, Matt Callis. I don't. You tell me thoughts about the match and where they're going with this storyline. It was it, especially with Dark Order. They're keeping them in the picture and they're building up the undercard. It would be kind of cool to see 
10 go under metamorphosis. And that was the word I was looking for earlier. Ah. The, full, the full metamorphosis into Don Callis. No, but um, <laughs> it's it, just seeing him completely transform from just being, you know, completely transform into just being 10 into his own individual person. You know, we get to see it will be cool seeing people like later on down the line go like break off from from the Dark Order and kind of become their own people, either as faces or heels, you know, kind of like when you see factions. I think that's the one good thing about factions is that they help like give birth to new people or help create new people as like great single stars down the line. Kind of that's that's the whole reason why, like when they trade factions or join another faction, they could become a star. We see it in New Japan, and we're seeing it here. You know, it's great for people to be aligned with a group. You know, I'd say, in my opinion, fat you only get pluses from factions. Otherwise, people are just lone jobbers, and that's kind of. Mm. I'm so. with you on that. I, I I'm with you. It just I don't ah uh, man I don't know it just. <sighs> yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Take it away. You're mute. See that? that see that's how that's how affected I am, I am by all this. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't think this has any next level consciousness. If you ask me, <laughs> uh, it, it's like I mentioned earlier. The, the whole thing seems a, a bit jumbled up. There's so many moving pieces. Yeah, it's starting to become too many. Right. And which is why the whole Miro thing, right? It, it, let's be careful with putting someone like that in there right now. So much going on. Um, I don't like that Darby is defending the title every week. Wait a minute. Why not? He's supposed to be the TNT. He's the face of the network. He has to. Okay. You say that, but that's not a... If he was a heel, would he be defending it all the time? No. So it's not part of the title, per se, to have to defend it every week. It's, it says TNT on there. Yes, sure. But he is not obligated to do that every yeah, week. Agreed on that. Okay. Yeah, okay. So I don't think that that comes with that. Uh, I, I don't like it because it's kind of exposing how Darby matches work or how Darby title matches work in that there's a formula and we can kind of tell how it's going to go. And, you know, unfortunately, I feel like, I don't know, it's, it's in week five now, it's kind of losing its luster. Mm. Uh, so I want there to be uh, title shots spaced out. And I'm kind of mm. glad that for, for um, Blood and Guts, he's not going to have a title match. That we know of yet. Who, no, we don't know um, yet. They might so, announce it. So far, there's only been one uh, heel TNT champion, and that was Brody Lee. And right. what was it? It was that was just three weeks, right? And he didn't defend it. He defended it, I like three or four times. Was it every single week with Brody as well? When no. he was a heel? No, it wasn't every week. Every other week, I think it was. That I think I, I recall, or every other two weeks. I guess take a week off. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know, I, I would like for it to be spaced out, like like you guys say, like a couple weeks or, you know, like every other week and stuff like that. Not every single week. I know that they're trusting him to carry the show, you know, by being in the main event. Uh, and what pressure must that be, you know, to deliver on that sort of thing? But 
Um, it, it's tricky. Like I said, we don't really know who the top contender is. I, if I were to ask you guys, who's Darby feuding with? Actually, it, we don't really know the singular person. Scorpio Sky could be argued, right? Uh, Lance Lance Archer. That that storyline still has a ways to go. Yeah, um, the match hasn't happened, and they're still teasing it. They're still teasing it, right? Or whatever it is that him and Sting are gonna have. Happen. You know, you know, Mike. This this brings me again to another. If if I w- if I was the Booker, what I would do. So I guess Darby would drop it to somebody. I haven't decided on who yet, but he would drop the TNT title to somebody, and we could see that weekly defense and kind of like their style throughout the weeks. You know, or bi-weekly defense if we want to give them time off, because sometimes the AEW championship needs to be def- gets defended on the on the show, or yes. you know, or we could have a guest title being defended like we're seeing with Yuji Nagata and Moxley on 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 the twelfth. But great, great examples there. Yes. Yeah. And, and while you're at it, take it away with that. Let the viewers and our audio listeners that you're excited for this May twelfth event coming up, and let them know. So I'm a, I'll continue real quickly with what I would do. I would actually put the X Division title on on Darby Allen. He really seems fitting to that title with his style of wrestling, how he wrestles, and the X Division competitors he's up against. He would re- have really unique and interesting matches with all of them. TJP versus Darby Allen. I think that's really cool. Ace Suicide, Austin and Darby Ace Austin, Allen. Austin, Darby Allen. Suicide and Dar- Suicide and Darby Allen, Manic and Darby Allen, like the list goes on, you know, and Darby Allen in Ultimate X match, him climbing the ropes. Like he seems like built like him, especially he, he knows how to climb wires and do he's a daredevil. He's kind of made for that Ultimate X match, and I want yeah. to see him in something like that. Yes, now, upcoming, I like I was originally going to see think thinking this was going to happen with Kenta. We're thinking, oh, we're not going to see a New Japan title defended on AEW television. We saw the title on AEW, but we haven't seen it defended. I really thought... So they did have that match, but they had it on New Japan Strong. We did see Kenta on Dynamite. You know, he was the number one contender for the title. He lost the match, sadly. This is in the future. Sorry, spoilers, if you're watching ahead of time. But, you know, you should watch <laughs> the <laughs> weekly show. And do do go back in the archives and watch Dar- uh, Kenta versus Moxley. But Yuji Nagata versus Moxley. And let me tell you, Yuji Nagata is no slouch. He's a legend. Two-time IWGP heavyweight champion. And one-time GHC Pro Wrestling Noah champion. You know, he faced Marafuji. He faced Morishima. He faced... Uh, he's, fa- he's faced Tanahashi. He's faced all the top guys in, in New Japan. He's a legend. You know, he's faced Kurt Angle, you know, way back when. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. So, he's pointing yeah. at Kurt Angle right behind him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there and and I got a surprise for you, Mike. There is a Yuji Nagata action figure, and it was the only one. It was the only New Japan action figure I saw at Frank and Sons Collectibles. So that would go well sitting right next to your Kurt Angle. Both of them have an amateur wrestling background, and he's a damn good striker and kicker as well. He did a little bit of MMA too during the Enochism era, you know. So Yuji, Yuji Nagata, where he. 
he's a hard hitter. He's an ass kicker. A former when you're a never open weight champion, that means you you whoop ass. You're 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 hard as nails. That's yeah. that's known as the ass kicker's belt. Absolutely. And so we're gonna see him. That match with him and Moxley is gonna be a damn good match. We're seeing on the twelfth of May. I just hope Kenny does not get involved. Where none of the damn fucking good brothers. Let this be a solid match for once. No involvement. No no fucking run-ins. Let this be a one-on-one. And let either Moxie lose legitly or win well, legitly. I wouldn't mind one from a New Japan faction, not an AEW faction, but somebody like something purely New Japan. Okay. You know, if well, if they come if they come in, that'd be a nice treat for everybody oh, coming. Yeah. You know, a little bit like a little bit more New Japan than you thought you were getting, not just Yuji Nagata. You know, he was also in the Crockett Cup too. Yes, uh, he tagged with Satoshi Kojima. For in the Crockett Cup, so he's he's definitely no stranger to competing on U.S. soil. So Yuji Nagata, everybody, keep your eyes peeled for that match because it's going to be damn good. And I wouldn't mind Yuji Nagata taking that title off of Moxley. That title needs some more Japanese prestige put on it. Oh yeah, definitely. And now, um, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I, I just want to say that it's a good thing that Moxley beat Kenta in this case. Because it keeps it on AEW, or you know, for what it is, uh, you know, it's just a one match Keep thing. Bringing Japanese. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's yeah, yeah. I like that. We're gonna start doing that more often. Yeah, um, <laughs> come here, you. Like, oh, coming in from CMLL Triple again. CMLL Triple A New Japan. Like this is us pulling those wrestlers overseas to here. Well, we'll get it. We'll get it to pro wrestling news after that. But go ahead. No, yeah, I, I, I like that that's happening because I feel that it'll open the forbidden door, you know, forbidden even Dior. more. Yes, more so. And New Japan will remember these sort of things because they, they didn't have to have Kenta in the match to promote the, the upcoming event that they were going to have, but they did it. They, they, did, they are not supposed to have this match, right? But they're having it. So I hope New Japan is able to remember these sort of things and, and be like, well, you know what? They opened their doors to us. Let's have some American guys, when things open up, of course, hop on over and wrestle in the Tokyo Dome or with, you know, with us and, and our stars and more and more uh, collaborations go on. So I think it's great, you know, and ultimately the fans win, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I wouldn't mind seeing more uh, New Japan belts being defended in AEW and vice versa, AEW belts being defended in New Japan. Since uh, I think I think this match is showing they really are working together. It's not just, you know, it's not just um, Kenta coming through the door now that they're actually defending a, a, a New Japan belt on US tele, on AEW programming. Not just on strong. This really means it's happening. I mean, it's one thing to see the belt, but it's another thing for them to actually defend the belt. You know, I think it w it's just like how Tanahashi won the Rev Pro belt off of Zack Sabre Jr. in a New Japan ring. Rev Pro is a completely different promotion from New Japan. That's a that's a British promotion that Will Osprey is still the champion of. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, let's jump on the last topic of the night before we move to part two. It's not pro wrestling news. We're going to jump into New Japan very briefly. 
So let's New Japan, of course. Uh, they canceled three-day event, May 8th, May 10th, 11th, due to the state of emergency because they're, I guess they're uh, COVID-19. They're having spikes once again, so they had to cancel those two events, which is only for Road to, to um, Grand Slam, to Wrestle Grand Slam. Um, I'm hoping that, because remind you, they have that three major ones outdoor stadium, so I don't know. I'm hoping that by then, the spikes nears below because that's a big risk for New Japan to lose. But I don't think it's going to hurt them very much, to be honest. Um, also, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this weekend coming up, actually next week, which is, of course, is uh, Wrestling Dontaku. That is right. It's happening next week. That's a Monday and a Tuesday. On a Monday and a Tuesday. Monday, that's right, May 3rd and May 4th, which will be next week. We will be discussing about it. I can bring it up. And, of course, on the May 3rd event, you have Tanahashi defending the number one open title versus Jay White. So we're definitely looking forward to seeing that. And also, we are seeing Desperado defending his junior IWGP heavyweight champion against Yo, who they just recently regained the tag team titles again from, you know, Kanemaru and Desperado just recently. Uh which I thought it was going to be a split, but it wasn't. And, of course, on the May 4th, we have the main event that everybody's intrigued to see, and that is uh, Will Osprey defending the IWGP World Heavyweight title versus Shingo Takagi. So I know everybody's looking forward to that, and I'm pretty sure Matt Callis is looking forward to that. Um, are, are you excited? Shingo Takagi, that's another ass kicker. Like I said, that never open weight title creates it. it creates ass kickers as well. Yeah. So. I'm looking forward. And then do you feel that Jay White might win the title from Tanahashi? I think Jay White deserves it, especially at this rate, because the whole idea is to to bring up new talent. Like they know, I, you know, I'll reference a good friend of ours, Danny Limelight, Mijente. Like when we, we brought up Clark Connors, he said Clark Connors is like his favorite and he thinks the best out of the current class of young Lions. But when I brought up Jay White, he said, ooh. Jay White's a whole other animal. Oh, yeah. You know, the way he refers to him. So he knows, like, Jay White from the inside out. He would he would elevate that title. And who knows? Let's see the never open weight title defended on AEW television. Absolutely. And then also, uh, speaking of uh, LA Dojo, of course, they're having their showcase tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you tune in as the showcases of the Young Lions and Shibata. It's about to have an opening soon to whoever wants to enroll to join New Japan LA Dojo. Ah man, prepare your necks. If prepare. you think you have a real if you think you have a really strong neck, then by all means train at the LA Dojo. So you're telling me that I could sign up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think Mike, you think you got your necks ready? They got Shibata is man. Shibata. I will slap, are you ready for him to slap mm. your chest one hundred times every yeah. day? I mean, bro. Twice on bro. Sunday. Four times on a Monday. Yeah, you're never, you're not, I'll let, and letting you know, you're never too old because DDP didn't debut until he was, what, 40? 40 yeah. 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 About so, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a spring chicken compared to that. Yeah. So if you're, uh, if you feel you could take the punishment, then by all means, by, the door is uh, open for you. Exactly. And of course, yeah. that remind you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Tonight's show on New Japan. We'll practice Japanese together. Yeah, yeah. There you go. If you if you if you're serious about this, Mike, I'll 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 practice Japanese with you. Mm -hmm. I don't want to train there. I'm gonna get my ass whooped. Me neither. Hell no. 
I'd rather, rather be with Kevin Kelly to fucking be commentator. Yeah, that's what, that. we're com we're commentators. But if you wanna, because Minoru Suzuki also comes down there and chops you too. Mm -hmm. so. That's right, and, and that's part of the training. You, I mean, I'm sure. Gotta, that, I'm sure that's cool. your that's better than Bellflower. So, uh, you know, I'm down. Oh wait, yeah, it's way better than that. Way yeah. better. But this, this training is you live. You gotta live with them. That's one thing. You live. You live uh, with them. Yeah, uh, you, you can't go back home. You're gonna live with them, actually. <laughs> from morning to sunset. Yes, you know, that's right. And and let's, uh, let's ask Chris if he wants to do it. Yes, and then you guys will both be young lions. Yes. Speaking of that, that's the young lion show we're gonna have tonight on NichePowerWorld.com. Make sure you subscribe. You're gonna have the DKC versus TJP, and of course you're gonna have Ren Narita and Fred Roser teaming up against. Uh, Kevin Knight and Alex Coughlin, two other Young Lions. And, of course, the main event, two of the greatest of the going to be graduates of Young Lions, and that is Carl Fredericks and Clark Connors one-on-one. So make sure you tune in tonight, 7 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, 10 o'clock Eastern on NewJapanWorld.com. So make sure you tune in for that uh, for New Japan. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this is the ending of Part 1. Part 2, we'll be discussing pro wrestling news. And updates that I just got recently, but you got to watch part two to, to find out those updates. So don't go anywhere. Just don't change the channel either. So be right back after these messages from Wrestling Tools. <laughs> 